I'm excited about tonight. I'm doing part two of the answer. So would you say that with me, the answer? If you wasn't here last week, I think you're going to just be able to dump, jump right in. I'm going to do just a little bit of review and then dive right into the answer part two. Father, thank you for this moment. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for beautiful worship. I just think about the songs that we were singing. Draw me a little closer. We want to be drawn closer to you, a little deeper, Father. We want to know you more. So even as we open your word, faith comes from hearing and hearing your word. This word right here is living. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. And I pray right now for your anointing. I pray that you would speak through me to your people to equip the saints for the work of the ministry that we could be armed and dangerous. Lethal weapons walking around Coeur d'Alene and Kootenai County in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Last week, we talked about the answer, and I just kind of presented to you something that Mekon had said. He talked about, about the Together Church. Of they refuse to have the answer and the solution to the things that the world needs, everyone that you run into needs, but they refuse to give it. We will be a church that will not refuse to give the answer or the solution to the people around us. Can everyone say the answer? Refuse to be that person who's not going to share when you are in the opportunity. You're right in the opportunity when someone's asking you what's going on. What is the answer? I want to let you know tonight that you do have the answer. And his name is Jesus, the Great Commission, the Word of God. I mean, we have the answer to the situations and the problems that people face all the time. Say that with me. I have the answer. You you are agents of change. Every person in here, listen, young people, you know what? I, I just, sometimes I, I'll just hear something. I heard something about you, Mike, tonight, and you right here. I'm sorry, I forgot your name right here. Maggie, I'm sorry, would you forgive me? I felt like you two are agents of revival. I really do. I think, I think that you too, if you're a guest and you're not used to this, don't let it offend you. I just, I just sense the Holy Spirit speak to me that you are an agent of revival. God wants to use you and you to bring revival to this generation, to, to bring revival to Coeur d'Alene and to those around us. I don't know what all that looks like. But I just sense there's something in you. There's something so, what, there's a hunger in you. And there is an anointing upon your life. And, and God, I, I, I see you preaching and praying and prophesying. And God is raising you up. He's going to raise you up and release you in this generation to be a mouthpiece for him. I see you as, I see you as, I see you as healing agents. He wants to heal through you. He wants to save through you. Come on. God, there is a great anointing on the lives of, uh, of each and every, uh, of, of Mike and Maggie. Both of you start with M. The M&Ms, huh? Amen. Do you receive that tonight? Agents of revival. you receive that, Maggie? Yeah. I just say step out of the boat. God wants to use you guys in such a beautiful way. He wants to use every one of us as agents of change. You and I have the answer in our hearts. 
in our minds from his word. Last week I talked about the pool of, there, you ever have a word that is hard for you to say no matter how many times you say it? How many of you got words like that? This is a word that I always want to say wrong. But Seth's going to say it right. Bethesda. Bethesda. Will you say that with me, Bethesda? I totally want to jack that word up. Because there's another word in the New Testament that says something like Bethsaida. And I just jacked it up last week. And my son so graciously said, you know, Dad, that's Bethesda. Bethesda. Say that with me, Bethesda. I love what Bethesda means. I mean, it's, it's beautiful what it means. It means a, a house of kindness. Can you have me that sign right there? Thank you so much. This sign was given to me and Radine after preaching last weekend. Look at this. It, Radine opened it. I'll just hold it up for everyone to see it. That would be better. There you go. I can read it behind me. When you're a kind, it not only changes you, it changes the world. When you're kind. If you wasn't here, I talked about the house of kindness because of that word. Seth, you got to look at me all night. That word. Bethesda. Bethesda. You got to go with me tonight, Seth, okay? When I point at you, you say, Bethesda. Bethesda. Thank you. Try it one more time. Bethesda. <laughs> He's going to be on it. Bethesda means house of kindness. And I talked about that last week. Thank you very much. Isn't that cool? wonderful couple gave that to Radian and I, the house of kindness. But it also means house of mercy. And I want to talk about the house of mercy tonight. And it also means flowing water. And uh, it's not really the house of flowing water, but I want to add that to it. House of flowing water tonight. Tonight's house of mercy. Will you say that with me? House of mercy. How many of you are blessed because of the mercies of God? Let me read a, a, scripture, a, a few scriptures that just touch my heart when it comes to the mercy of God. I, I find there's believers that don't really believe that God loves them. And I pray for a breakthrough in their life tonight. You know, how they were raised, even in a different culture, or how they were treated or, or scars from childhood. I want to let you know that God loves you and he has great mercy towards you. Let me prove it tonight just from the reading of his word. Listen to this. This is like the character of God that I'm about to read out of Exodus 34, 6. Just the character of who God is. Listen to what he says. And the Lord passed. This is when God passed in front of Moses. And he didn't see his face, but he saw his backside. And it says, the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. How many of you know that's, that's the beautiful character who God is? That word, that word goodness right there, you know what that word goodness means? It means kindness. But he's full of mercy and he's full of kindness and he's long-suffering. Listen to uh, Nehemiah 19 and the end of verse 17. It says, but you are God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger. How many of you are glad that he's slow to anger? I'm so glad. He could have consumed me many times. Abundant in kindness. Look at that. Abundant. Say that with me. Abundant. Come on. He's abundant in kindness and did not forsake them. 
Uh, last week, Paul, he exhorts us to have the answer for those around us. And, and the reason why I talk about the house of kindness is that I think that God has kind things to say about you. Amen. He has kind things to say to you. I think sometimes we can't grasp the kindness of God. And, and you're like, Jail, is he really that kind? I think he's kinder to you than you are to yourself. He's kind. And when we grasp the kindness of God, that, 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 that is so true that we can change the world one person at a time. This the kindness of God that leads man to repentance. That's how God changes me and you is through kindness. Uh, I, and being, being an answer of kindness. Listen to this, Colossians 4, 6. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt. Look at why. That you may know how you ought to answer each one. And if you read that, you'll see that he's talking about answering each one on the outside. The world, the people that don't know Christ. That, that might be here. You might be here tonight and you don't know Christ. Or you're running from him. You came to the right place. We're going to pray for you tonight to get in right relationship with God. But God, Paul challenges us to have an answer for those on the outside. Tonight, I want to talk to you about the house of mercy. Last week, if you didn't hear that, you should go online, check it out, the house of kindness. Tonight, the house of mercy. Matthew 5, 7 says, blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Mekon Carter, pastor there in, um, uh, help me out, Yakima, yes, Yakima. Together Church. He said something else beautiful at MFI when we were there a couple of weeks ago. He said, God judges. That's the fact. The Holy Spirit convicts. But guess what our job is to love. God judges. Holy Spirit convicts. And we, we love. How many of you have, and me, at times... We have not shown mercy towards someone because we have this need that we think we need to fix them or possibly our self-righteousness or we feel they need, we, we feel like we need to be just towards them or what have you. Are you feeling me tonight? How many of you have ever done like that? And some of you, I'm a little nervous right now. You didn't raise your hand, but... The Holy Spirit convicts you right now. <laughs> Proverbs 3.3 3 says this, Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Mercy in the Hebrew, it actually, I mean, it's kind of unique. But mercy in the Hebrew, the word means kindness. But there's another definition that I absolutely have heard for probably 20 plus years when it comes to mercy. And I want to I read this stuff. This is kind of like the J-O definition or the, the definition of mercy that I've been raised in and up with. I want you to listen to this. Mercy. Not giving someone what they deserve or not getting what I deserve. Are you following that? Not getting, not you not getting what you deserve, 
when it comes to our sin and the mistakes that we've made. Not getting what, our des- what we deserve is mercy. I, Jesus had mercy upon me when it came to death and hell. How many of you have had mercy? You're, you're glad you're not, you're not going to die and go to hell. That's called mercy. Are you with me today? Y'all with me, church? Jesus had mercy when it came to my pain. Jesus had mercy upon me when it came to me losing my mind or insanity. He said no. Jesus had mercy upon us when my wife battled cancer three different bouts. Jesus had mercy upon me when I thought because of the lifestyle that I had lived and I thought something was going to be wrong with Seth when he was born, God had mercy upon me. God many times has not given to me what I deserve. And because of that, that's mercy. He has shown me mercy. He has shown me mercy. He has shown me mercy. He has sh- You're living right now because of his mercies. Because think about it. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. If death had instant results, you would not be here tonight. But because of his mercies... His mercy says, no, I'm not going to give them what they deserve. Are are you following me tonight? Everyone say mercy. I I love this scripture, Lamentations 3, 22, 23. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed. (laughs) Are you feeling that? You're You're not consumed, not because you're cute or because you're nice or kind You're not consumed because of the mercies of God. Because his his compassion fell not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. (laughs) I'm so good. I'm so glad because of his compassion and his mercies. They're new. They're new every morning. How many of you remember that old school song? New every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Oh, God. Great. They're new every morning when I wake up. Woo! Your mercies are new, oh, God. President Calvin Coolidge. Coolidge. He's cool. I'm going to call him President Cool. Years after the death of President Cool, President Calvin Coolidge, this story came to light in the early days of his presidency, presidency, having trouble with words tonight, in the early days when he was a president, (laughs) President Cool woke up one morning in the hotel room to find a cat burglar going through his pockets. President Cool spoke up, asking the burglar not to take his watch chain because it contained an engraved charm he wanted to keep. The engraved, the engaged, uh, the Coolridge then engaged with the thief in quite a conversation and discovered he was a college student who had no money to pay his hotel bill or buy a ticket back to campus. Coolidge counted $32 out of his wallet, which uh, he had persuaded the dazed young man to give back. 
declared it to be a loan and advised the young man to leave the way he came uh, so he could avoid the secret service. And yes, the loan was paid back. Can anybody say mercy? Mercy. <laughs> John 8, 10 through 12. I love this story. Right now, this very moment, act like it's the first time you've ever heard it. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of the life. How many of you know what this story, who this woman is in this story? If you know that, shout it out. The woman caught in adultery. We read that story and it impacts our heart because here she is caught in the very act of adultery. Early in the morning, they drag her out before Jesus. Everyone's got their stones ready to stone her. And Jesus writes something in the sand and then he challenges everyone. Hey, if you, you throw the first, he who has not sinned, throw the first stone. And each one walked away. And to me, this story has always impacted my life to think about, wow, Jesus. Why does this story touch our hearts? Why does the story never get old? I, I think it's because it's a story of mercy. She, this woman, deserve, according to the law, deserved death. Many people had been stoned because of adultery. She was caught in the very act. But you know what Jesus said? Jesus said no. And he extended mercy to this lady. And it's always impacted my life. And uh, it's still to this day because of his mercy. How, how about the prodigal son? Luke 15, 21 through 24. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight and no longer worthy to be called your son. Here, this son, he takes his inheritance and he blows it. And then he goes out, prodigally lives, buys harlots, eaten, uh, he, he's feeding pigs. And all of a sudden, the Bible says he begins to come to his senses. And he has these thoughts towards the father. He has these thoughts, Father, I, I've sinned against heaven in your sight. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. How many times have we possibly felt like I'm not worthy to be called your son or your daughter because of the way that I've lived? I've fallen short. And, but you know what? That's not God's thought towards you tonight. It just isn't. But the father said to the servant, I love this, bring the, he didn't even address what the son said. He didn't, he didn't even go there. He didn't say, oh, son, uh, it's a, he didn't even, he acted like the guy didn't even say anything. He says, the father said to the servants, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a, a, a ring on his hand and sandals on the feet and bring the fattened calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. 
For this, this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. You know what that's called? That's called mercy. His, his older brother was merciful. He was merciless. But his father had great mercy. Hey, let's have a party. Because the, the son came back home. There was a woman who walks into the room. She breaks an alabaster. And one of the, one of the, the gospels says the, the room was filled with this fragrance. And you could say a lot about the alabaster. You know, she could have been a woman of the night and, and even used the, the alabaster to cover the scent of her, uh, of the kind of job that she did. It could have been her diary. It was worth a whole lot. It was all that she had. She broke it. How many of you know when you break something, you don't put nothing back in it? It's like she gave it all. She, she gave all that she comes in and she she breaks this thing. I mean, she makes a fuss. Everybody's in that place and they're just kind of, you know, having a little gathering. She comes in there and turns the, the room upside down. People there begin to judge her. They were critical toward her. Uh, folks were indignant toward her. And the Bible says this, Luke seven thirty nine. Now, when the Pharisees who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, this man talking about Jesus, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman that this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. You know what Jesus does? Jesus defends her. Jesus forgives her. Jesus, listen to this, Jesus takes a house that is critical, a house that is indignant, a house that is absolutely displeased with this woman. I would even go on to say despised this woman. And he turns the house into a house of mercy. He receives her. She's in, about, I think, three gospels. Hey, she, hey, hey, don't despise what she's doing. She is anointing me for burial. And he gives a whole lesson to the disciples on forgiveness. Why? Because of this woman, Jesus showing mercy towards this lady. If you'll kill the lights and if you'll put my video on, check out this video. I don't want to hear anything more about it. 
I'm sorry to disturb you. You caught him. But I had my eye on this man. Oh, and... Thank God. I'm very angry with you, Jean Valjean. What happened to your eye, Monseigneur? Didn't he tell you he was our guest last night? Oh, yes. After we searched his knapsack and found all this silver, he claimed <laughs> that you gave it to him. Yes. Of course I gave him the silverware. But why didn't you take the candlesticks? That was very foolish. Madame Gillot, fetch the silver candlesticks. They're worth at least 2,000 francs. Why did you leave them? Hurry. Monsieur Valjean has to get going. He's lost a lot of time. Did you forget to take them? Are you saying he told us the truth? Of course. Thank you for bringing him back. I'm very relieved. Release him. You're really letting me go? Didn't you understand the bishop? Madame Gillot, offer these men some wine. They must be thirsty. Thank you. Don't forget. Don't ever forget. You've promised to become a new man. Promise? Why are you doing this? Jean Valjean, my brother, you no longer belong to evil. With this silver, I've bought your soul. I've ransomed you from fear and hatred. And now I give you back to God. Anybody ever seen Les Miserables? Yes. Can anybody say mercy? Mercy. Wow. And if you ever seen that movie, you saw how that one instance of mercy changed that man's life and how it carried him throughout his entire life. The mercy. God wants us to be a house of mercy, heart of the city church. Are you with me? Yes. A house of mercy, words of mercy. Mercy, uh, mercy puts great hope in the hearts of people. I think mercy brings great freedom and liberty to people. To think for a moment, it doesn't give somebody permission to do evil, but whenever someone does make a mistake, like Jean, Pal, Jean Valjean made, that I don't have to pay the penalty for the stupid decision that I made, that's mercy. When you think about someone is going to absolutely hammer you for what you did wrong. You're, you're just, you're like the prodigal son. Oh, you know, when I get there, I'll just, I'll just, you know, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But they don't hammer you, but they actually celebrate you. They actually receive you and they forgive you. Can I tell you that's what really changes the heart of people? It really changes uh, people from the inside out. Even when someone hangs on a cross and looks across the crowd and goes, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Can somebody say mercy? mercy. That's what really changes the lives of people. I want to pray for us right now before I go into the next one. 
of, of, of uh, flowing water. I want to just pray for us that God would do a work in our heart when it comes to mercy. I think in this day and time, people are so broken, so hurting, so fragmented. They're just waiting for someone just to accuse and judge and criticize and on and on and on. I I remember a story of a prostitute, uh, a man asking her, why wouldn't you go to church? She ended up selling her little girl in prostitution, and she said, why would I ever go to church? I already feel terrible about myself. That's not what church is about. We're to be a, a house of mercy. Amen. Just like you have been shown mercy. God, if his, if his mercies are new every morning, should not yours and I mercy be new every morning? Amen. Amen. Would you, would you just pray with me right now before we dive into the next one? Father, just put your hand over on your heart that you would touch every heart here. Mine too. That, Father, whenever we have the the, the moment to criticize someone, judge someone, try to fix someone, that we could remember the great mercies that you have showed us and changed us through your goodness and your kindness and your love. Father, just bestow that upon us tonight, God. Uh, Father, like Jean Valjean received, Father, thank you for your great mercies that are new every morning in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Seth? Bethesda. Bethesda. Everyone say Bethesda. Bethesda. Genesis 2.9. I want to talk to you about not just the house of kindness or the house of mercy, but also the house of of flowing water. What do you mean by flowing water? You know, the Bible talks a lot about that. I want to just talk about it a little bit. Genesis 2, 9 says this, and out of the ground, the Lord made every tree that it is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. How many of you know what tree that we ate from? Come on, go with me. What what tree did Adam and Eve eat from? They ate from the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That word knowledge, of course, it means knowledge in the Hebrew, but it also means cunning. And so there was two trees in the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but also the tree of life. We only ate from one tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and we never ate from the tree of life. When one eats from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the way that I view this is that we eat, we absolutely eat from right and wrong. I think religions came out of the tree of knowledge of good and evil and and, uh, intelligence. All kinds of different things came out of the, the knowledge of the tree of good and evil. Uh, They experienced death, but they did not eat from the tree of life. Uh, Look what Jesus says when it comes to life. It says this in John 10, 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and destroy. Code red. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Everyone say, would you say that with me abundantly? I think we all desire life and life abundantly. How many know that comes from Jesus? I want to read just a few that kind of, kind of ties in this whole theme of water and life. How many of you remember the woman at the well? 
the Samaritan woman. Uh, John 4.10, if you got your Bibles, turn to that story. I want to read just a couple of scripture out of it because it talks about life and it talks about water and the power of it. And this woman, this woman, she comes to a well one day, a Samaritan lady. Uh, You probably know the story. I've preached on it before. Jesus was not to ever talk to this lady. Uh, Jews had no interaction with Samaritans, but nevertheless, he begins to talk to her. And here we are. It takes up John 4, 10. It says, Jesus answered and said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it was who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Say that word with me, living water. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus Probably, I don't know if, uh, if she had ever heard of anything like that before, living water. But hey, if you would have asked me, he says you would have got living water. And if you skip down to verse 13 and 14, Jesus answered and said to her, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water, look at this, but the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Jesus, come on, Jesus wants us to be a house of living water, a house of flowing water springing up inside of each and every one of us, wherever we are throughout the day. No way did that woman know, listen to me, that she was going to go to the well that day, the well that she may have went to every day or every other day, however, whatever her, her, her kind of uh, life was like, she never knew that she was going to go that day and get answers to her life. And she needed answers. How many of you remember that she had been married five times and was living with a dude, Right? And she goes out there, and Jesus begins to give her the answers. She begins, I believe she got the answers of life. I believe she got the answers to her broken heart. The things that people, look, need around us. They don't need just a little bit of religion, you guys. They need the real deal Jesus Christ that gives life, that wants uh, 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 living water to be springing up out of each one of us. How does that water spring out from each one of us? I tell you how it comes. It comes from you having a, 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 an intimate relationship with God. When you're in an intimate relationship, I had a discussion with a, a young man this morning about the anointing. I said, man, I think the anointing comes... I mean, this is a whole nother sermon. But I think the mystery of the anointing is a person who has an intimate relationship with God. That, that, that that's the connection of the anointing. And of course, there's, you know, Samuel anointed David. And you see these, sometimes it was kings anointed and even instruments was anointed. Now the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. We are an anointed people. But I believe there's an increase of anointing on people's life who has an intimate relationship with the Father. Everyone say that's for free. That's not what I'm talking about tonight. But I want to let you know, where does this living water flow? How does it spring out of us? I think it comes out of us of me and you having an intimate relationship with the Father. That we can give, listen, the same answer that this woman needed, answers of life, answers of broken relationships, answers to her uh, abandoned life probably, her broken heart, Jesus gave 
her answers of life, of life, and of life. Look what comes out of the throne room of God, Revelations 22.1. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb. Listen to what Jesus says in John 7, 37 and through 39 when it comes about this, this living water, this, this life-giving water living inside of each and every one of us. John 37, 39. On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, look, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. Then he begins to kind of share the secret of this rivers of living water. Look, some of this, you ought to perk up your ears right now. Because you probably, some of you need to hear this. Check this out. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit. Spirit. Whom those believing in him would receive. Would you say that with me, would receive? receive. You got to look at every word of the scripture. The springing up the living water refers to the Spirit that they would receive, talking about believers. These believers had not received what? The Holy Spirit yet. Are you feeling me? But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whose those believing in him would receive, for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus had not yet been glorified. I think we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit at this church. It's something very, 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 very powerful. J.O., I don't believe in that. It's too late. I'm baptized in the Holy Ghost, along with probably the majority of the people in this room. But I want to let you know, if you don't believe, I encourage you, believe. Believe. Because Acts 2, that's what that's all about. The promise of the Father. They waited on the promise of the Father. And they were setting and all of a sudden, tongues of fire upon their shoulder. And they were all baptized in the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues. And man, gifts of the Holy Spirit. They began to turn the world upside down. They received this power of the Holy Spirit. They caused them to be witnesses in Jerusalem and Samaria and Judea and the ends of the earth. I'm telling you, if you don't have the baptized baptism of the Holy Spirit, I say you need to ask and search for that because he says this in the scripture, write what I just read. How many of y'all remember the song, I have a river of life flowing out of me makes the land old school. We have, we have motions. What was that, Steve? Spring up, old well. Splash, splash, splash. Wow. 
What do, what do you think that's talking about? Holy Spirit, splash, splash, splash. Sounds like water to me, right? God wants us to be a house of kindness, a house of mercy, and a people full of his Holy Spirit and full of this living water, amen? You might need some of that yourself tonight. We would love to pray for you for that. So there was two trees in the garden. My question to you, what tree have you been hanging out around under and what tree are you eating from? Listen, no, seriously, because I think you can eat from either one of those trees even today, the tree of knowledge of good and evil or the tree of life. Listen to Revelations 2, 7. Listen to this. He who has an ear, do this. If, if you got an ear, just, you got an ear? Good, good. Praise God. I just need one. I need your good ear. Give me your good ear. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to eat from the tree of life, which is in the midst of paradise of God. What tree? The tree of life. Tree of good and evil, I think, comes right and wrong. There's nothing wrong with it. Right and wrong. Listen to me. Black and white. Fixing folks, cleaning up people, fair and just, legalism, law. But how about the tree of life? We don't talk a whole lot about the tree of life. Let me tell you what I think comes out of the tree of life. Come just as you are. You're loved. You're forgiven. You're here and we're kind. This is a kind house. Come to this house and find mercy. Yes. Place of grace. Can someone say Bethesda? There's an old saying. Years ago I heard this. People don't want to know how much you know until they know how much you care. That's two different trees. If it's all about what you know, I would say that's the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Out of the tree of life is how much you care. What tree do you camp out under? What tree do you eat from? I say, heart of the city church, we need to be under the tree of life. We need to be eating from the tree of life. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. How many know that Jesus is that tree of life? Come on, somebody. He is life. Proverbs 12, 18. There is one who speaks like the piercing of a sword. It's like, yeah, dude, you just shared truth with me. I get it. That is truth, but you're killing me with it too. But the tongue of the wise promotes health. Two trees. Is your, let me just... Can I just talk to you individually, personally tonight, just one-on-one? -on -one? Will you answer these? Don't answer them out loud, okay? Just answer them to yourself. Is your house full of kindness or critical? Just answer that right now. Just Criticalness or kindness? It has a lot to do with the tree that you're hanging out with. Is your house full of mercy or judgment? Is your house full of life or laws? What, what? 
What tree are you eating from? What, what shade? These are two trees. These are two schools. And these are two different houses. And I say, let us be a house of kindness, of mercy, and of life. Amen. Amen.